I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Saints Fans Radio, your unattractive friend. Hey everyone, how's it all going? Expect well? That's great. Anyways, just letting you know that our sister show, Plumbing the Death Star, is coming to Sydney on the 29th of September. We're driving up to get Jackson's hours up, so come on down to the Harlequin Inn to congratulate him on a job well done for not killing us, as well as wish him a happy birthday, then chastise him for being 25 and not having his licence. Details on where to grab your tickets are in the show notes. It's all ages, and we'll be having merch. So bring your nan, I bet you'll love a Plumbing the Death Star live tea, and be extremely happy to be one of the very first owners of an Imagination Adventure USB tape. Now, enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Movie Maintenance, the show where some movies just need pitching. This week, Home Alone. Home Alone is a film that's very, the, the franchise is a film that's very dear to my heart for a couple of reasons. I, the first two specifically. Yeah. Uh, the rest of them are also dear to my heart, but they're nowhere near as good as the first two. The third two, one Alone. was the closest to my heart for a long time. Really? That was the I think that was the first one I saw, and it's the one that I had seen the most as mm. a child. Because the third one put me off the Home Alone The third saga. one is garbage. The oh, third no, one is, is absolutely... Although, gets rid of I'm, everything that's I'm true in no about the way Home Alone franchise. For some reason, when the fourth one came out, I remember watching that, and by that point, I was probably too old to watch a straight-to-DVD yeah. Home Alone mm-hmm, sequel. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, I did. And holy fuck, that was a bad did time. Did you have the box set? No, no, I just... I think See, I just, like, we go... I, I went to my local video store oh. and I hired it, $3 oh. weekly. Oh, boy. So the Home Alone quadrilogy uh, was, like, one of the first DVD sets we got when we got our DVD yeah. play. We just bought it and it was then. Boy, it's a rough time. Home Alone 4 one. is so bad as well because... What about it, the fifth one? The fifth one's great. Oh. Home Alone 5 Holiday Heist is brilliant. You've said that to me and I... I it's got a guy I'm in fascinated. it. That I feel like, like you're lying to me, Jim. No, uh, it's, it's like... It it gets everything that Home Alone three and four got wrong, uh, like got wrong right, and it's it's just it's not got the same kind of like dark fucked upness that Home Alone one and two have. Sure, but it's just like this good time sort of light comedy which involves people breaking into a house. So it's like yeah, a okay. fucking what's his name? Thinker McDowell, Malcolm McDowell's in that movie. He's Shakespearean actor Malcolm McDowell is in. Homeland Five. We could Holiday get him Heist. on this podcast if we paid him. Let's not pretend <laughs> like Malcolm it's McDowell a hard will get. do whatever you want, but. I think the reason I like Home Alone 1 and 2 so much, and, and even though four, uh, 5 is still great, I think it's still missing this, is that it has this kind of... And I, when I, we talked about the Santa Claus, I mean, Zamet, on that movie maintenance, I tried to explain it, and I'll try and explain it again. I feel like there's this sort of innocence that has lost 
It disappeared from childhood movies or like kids' films. I feel like in the 80s and even the early 90s, kids' films just kind of like they were. They could just exist. They didn't have to kind of be part of this weird, you know, like every movie these days is connected to every single other movie. Like, yeah. like there's this kind of idea that you, you're no longer making a movie in a vacuum. You're making a movie that has to kind of, I don't know, every movie these days, every kid's movie is going to kind of feature sort of the same sort of slapstick it's probably going to have references to popular music in it. You know it. what? It's funny or you mentioned like... that. Because last night I was watching TV and I saw a trailer for The Secret Life of Pets. Mm-hmm. A new animated movie coming out later this year from DreamWorks, I think. Yeah. And in the trailer for it, just on the ad, they had a minion walking mm. around for no reason other than, hey, remember Minions? Exactly. Like Minions? Exactly. Well, this like movie the... also. I actually think that that probably started with Shrek. Like, I reckon mm. Shrek was probably the first animated, but I'll talk about something else in a sec, but like Shrek was kind of the first kids film that lands really heavily into the references yeah yeah and like lots of pop culture references lots of like adult jokes hidden in there all kinds sort of, of stuff tucked away particularly the second and the third got like yeah there's a bit in the third one where he goes to like a university campus and like the third a couple track of people film. fall out of a carriage and they've clearly been smoking potions i say in inverted yeah. commas and there's all the smoke that comes out after them just i don't like even that. know it's, like the third track film, have a about it's it? bad movies. it has a hooters in it doesn't it Huh? The third Shrek film has a Hooters in it? I think so. It's called yeah. something else. Fourth Shrek film, bloody great. The first two I really like. Fourth one's worth fourth a watch. One, yeah, fourth one's was, it's better get, than three. I still get kind of sad three. thinking about the giant uh, gingerbread man dying. He just, he uh, just dies. He's just a name? dead gingerbread um, man. Gombo? Something like that. Mongo? It's Mongo. Mongo. Yeah, Mongo. It's Mongo. But yeah, like I, I, the other thing I've noticed, like in, completely in line with what you're saying, Jack, there aren't that many live action kids films coming yeah. out these days. It's kind of disappeared. Yeah, there, there were a lot. Like, I remember in the early 90s, particularly when I was growing up, like, watching a lot of those, like, going to the video store and hiring, mm. you know, the VHS of a lot of those, like, live-action, innocent kids movies, usually about kids getting into scrapes and adventures. Yeah. And, and I feel like... just, like, light-hearted fun that could just yeah. exist on its own. It didn't have to, like... And again, like, I feel like it's... Because it's not just the fact that all of these films these days reference sort of pop culture. I feel like there are, like, these beats that kids' films hit these days that they never used to. I feel like a kids' film these days is the kind of thing that nobody puts time into, nobody puts effort into. Certainly, like, maybe some of the animated ones, surely, like, you know, your yeah. Pixar's and... Oh, How to Train Your Dragon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Stuff like that. But, like, your, your live-action ones, they no longer have that kind of, like, handcraftedness, almost, that in the 80s, you know, you sort of got, like, E.T. That's yeah, that's by, like, Steven Spielberg. Definitely. That's that's a, you know, a, a an auteur, I guess. You know what it is? Mm. And it's such a it's such a weird thing to say because it's kind of a nebulous concept to try to explain, but I think we're all going to know exactly what it mm. means. It's actually having hearts without being cheesy. Yeah. Like, without ah, yes. being... Like, it, it, somebody's actually put a lot of love mm. into it, and you can feel that. And it's hard to define what that is. I mean, you can come up with a million and one technical theses on what defines or constitutes heart in a film and what technical elements you put into a film to yeah, make yeah. it feel that way. But I think ultimately it is just a matter of somebody actually having made this with love. Somebody having kind of thought of it as something yeah. other than just like, well, this is the sum of kids between film. something that, you know, actually makes you, actually moves you mm. and something that makes you go, oh, that's kind of a bit corny. Yeah, exactly. You know? yeah. And like Home Alone, like one or two, they're, they're not like... Like those films are dark. Like yeah, there's like there's the pigeon a of, lady. It's huh? all sad. It's it, it's hectic. What's mm. happening in those movies? But people forget how much kids can actually deal. Yeah, with. Yeah, exactly. Like which like, I think is really crucial because 
I mean, I don't know. You look at the films like that, and those films are classic and never loved because, like, kids, kids can, kids, kids like dark, and kids can handle dark. Mm, yeah. And being a little bit scared isn't a bad thing. Yeah. Whereas I feel like things nowadays are a lot safer than that. Like something like Home Alone would never get made today. Well, if you look at the way the Home Alone franchises have gone, and I, as as me we and do, my brother Ryder, like, oh, they are our every Christmas we watch one and two, yeah, and maybe three, four, and five if we're feeling up to it. Yeah. So like, I'm speaking from a place of knowledge. <laughs> but if you watch those films, so if you, if you look at the traps you can kind of see almost like a like the, the physical representation of it happening. So in Home Alone 1, um, he's using fucking like Christmas baubles and thumbtacks, you know what I mean? Like it's not, he's not pulling any punches. In Home Alone 2, he's throwing bricks at a guy's head. Home Alone 3, you've got uh, like people getting covered in feathers. You've mm-hmm. got a boxing glove. You've got people falling over. Nobody's taking any real damage. Home Alone 4 does exactly the same thing, but it's even less dangerous. Like, yeah, In fact, yeah. in Home Alone 4, there's barely any trap making happening at all. It's mostly him just hiding. And then in Home Alone 5, it's it's all him hiding. The main kid is just terrified the whole time. I mean, I'm pretty sure in 3, he pulls a gun on someone. The kid? That's pretty dark. When does the kid pull a gun on someone? Someone pulls a gun on one of the grown-ups. Like it's a, I think it's meant to be a fake gun. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. But that's it gets right. all confused. That are you sure? That's that's I'm not sounding... certain that the kid pulls a gun on someone. Pulls a piece. I don't remember Home Alone three. I'm sorry. I just I Phyllis. don't remember when he has access to a piece. I know I... they're all terrorists in Home Alone three. That's true. They are, and that's really weird. So they probably yeah. Home Alone three did away with this idea of like oh they're just basic burglars coming in. It, it was like no no no. North Korea has hired these crooks to get the microchip off this kid. Poor North Korea. Bad investment. Maybe like the the growing cynicism of the franchise as well can kind of be seen in, because a lot of people really, really love Home Alone Mm. 1 too. Like Mm. to me, like I I remember being a kid, like going to my uncle's place in Canberra and getting really excited because he had Home Home Alone Alone 1 and 2. Mm. And so, you know, while, you know, my parents and uncle and other family friends got to adult things, we were always really excited because whenever we went to his place, it meant we got to watch Home Alone 1 and 2, which was always awesome. But I think like, I remember watching the fourth one, and the kid, the fourth one, is kind of meant to be Kevin. Like he's he's called he, he is Kevin McAllister. He's 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 but meant to be like Kevin McAllister. Buzz got, is younger than him. Yeah. He's only got two siblings, and his parents are divorced. And it's like it's, it's Marv isn't so Marv. strange. Yeah. Makes me sad. Home Alone Four is, is one, so yeah yeah it's yeah. It's really weird, and it's it's almost as like I mean I know like you know in films like that continuity isn't the biggest deal in the mm. world, but. Kevin McAllister is a beloved character. Those beloved films. Yeah. Like, how cynical can you get where you're just kind of like, oh, yeah, just make a film. And Whatever. Like, just why, call him why Kevin. Call the him kids. Kevin? Yeah, exactly. Why call him Kevin oh. if you're going to just, I mean, you know, the continuity such as it is, isn't mm. that important? But, like, why even call him Kevin? Why even call the brother Buzz if when you're not going to barely, yeah, any of what was already and set like, up? And, like, I understand that there are these, there's, there's kind of like two kinds of films. You know, you have your films where they're like, our stories are airtight. Our sequels are airtight. You can't find a chink in our arm. And then you have the films where you're like, Whatever, you're enjoying the movie for the movie, you know what yeah, I mean? Like Ice Age sure. doesn't ask you to ask questions about its no, no. Like, Yet it chronology. Yet it's still somehow asking too much. <laughs> yeah, get out of here, Ice Age. They make five movies. Um, but with Home Alone 4, like, it's such a obvious cash grab that it's almost like... I don't know. It's, it's, it's I don't obvious, want to say offensive. It's an obvious cash strange. grab that probably didn't make any money. I, I doubt it. it was, it's, like, how could it have? Also, like... As an aside, the villain of that mo- of that movie is um, Marv, who wants to kidnap a princess. I think the royal family. Yeah, they want to kidnap the royal family. And uh, Kevin McAllister's dad is getting a divorce. He, or he has he's gotten a divorce from his mom. He's going to marry this rich woman. 
And Kevin McAllister keeps touching all the rich woman's stuff. And she's like, please don't touch my stuff. And she's presented as such a villain. And in the end, like, the parents get back together. And I think the rich, like, stepmom goes to jail for no reason. Like, oh, wow. It's just like, it's like, what is happening in this film? We got her. She wanted to protect her nice thing. But I, I totally take what you say about it being offensive because it... Look, I mean, it's like not to not to beat a long dead horse. Mm. You know, it's like with the whole reaction to, you know, your suicide squad mm. and your BVS and things like that. It's like you're taking something, a property that people care about, and you legitimately think that people cannot see through this artifice. Oh, exactly. And it comes back to what we were saying before about legitimate heart versus... Cynical corny. Just being like, we're just going like, to get that this out. Doesn't mean there. anything. I don't care. You haven't done the work to make me care about what's going mm. on here, and that makes it feel like you're trying to, you know, manipulate me cheaply mm. into feeling something with which. And like, I understand that this film, Home Alone Four, was not designed for me. Home Alone yeah. One and Two weren't really designed for me either, but I, I love them. Home Alone Four was designed as the kind of thing that you could probably chuck on and just get your kids to watch, and you don't care about. But then that begs the question, and this is something I also brought up in the Santa Claus episode, is I don't understand why these days when we are remaking a franchise that was the franchise that you grew up with as like a 10-year-old, we remake that for modern day 10-year-olds. Like what? Because the kid watching Home Alone 4 is 10. And yeah. that kid has not watched Home Alone 1 and 2. So why yeah. call, so why call him Kevin? And, and why, why call, call him Kevin? Home Alone 4? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, maybe, yeah. like, I think you, we mentioned with the whole... Because the mm. holiday heist... Isn't, I did a bit of a quick Wikipedia scan before this, um, <laughs> but the Holiday Heist isn't actually called Home Alone 5, is it? It's just like Home I Alone, think Home Alone the Holiday, the Holiday Heist. Heist. Yeah. So why wouldn't you do that with the fourth I know, one? why not? Just and then it's like, if you really have to capitalize on the brand, which I guess is the only thing that would make that shitty film get any attention yeah, whatsoever. Yeah. But, I mean, if, if it's just like Home Alone, subtitle, whatever. Yeah, then you then kind of can get away with it and it's sort of... It's like how there's 80 million straight-to-DVD American Pie films yeah. that, like, have nothing to do with the actual but any of the other, yeah. but, but whatever, but like, they're, yeah, you're you not know. worrying about it because they're not pretending that they have anything yeah, exactly. to do with the franchise. And, like, I don't know, it feels silly to be like, you know, fuck you, Home Alone's so precious. <laughs> like, I get that there is not a massive Home Alone fan base, but I, I just think it's it's, like, so indicative of that loss of... Absolutely. Of whatever Absolutely. that 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 heart yeah. that we had, even like, and it's not, I think, just restricted to kids' films. Sleepless in Seattle. When was the last time you saw a movie like Sleepless in Seattle? An uncynical. Well, like, I saw Sleepless in Seattle like a few months ago. So <laughs> that's then, not a movie, so like, Sleepless a like, Sleepless movie like Sleepless in Seattle. That's Sleepless in Seattle. <laughs> um, but like, that's a movie that is so uncynical and so just happy to be like, "Hey, love, love's all right," and that's pretty good. You it's know what I mean? Because I, I think like. I don't know. I, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just like our culture at the moment, but like cynicism is it's sort I mean, of fashionable. It's, it's like even even like you look at things like the Marvel films, mm. they're they're snarky. Yeah. They're, they're very they're, snarky. The, the earnestness has earnestness that I mean, is not like like we laugh at somebody who's earnest now. We're like, yeah, oh, that's that's foolish. Like look at him caring about a thing. But that's so nice. And that's like I've I've a powerful love of Christmas films because Christmas films, especially Christmas films from the 80s and the early 90s, they were just like, Christmas rules. Yeah. And that's the message. Christmas is good. Get into it. And it's fine. You don't need to be cynical. You don't need to be um, too clever for your own good. You don't need to be subversive. It's. I I actually think not to harp on another another dead horse and not to bring back all of this up again, but I think that's the reason I love Jurassic World so much because Mm, it was just so simple and non-cynical. I've tried to guess what he's talking about both times he's done this, and I was going to go, I thought Hannibal both times. No, 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 but like, (laughs) both times. Quite seriously, there is, and it's, it's it's, I think it ties into what you're saying Mm. about there is just a totally refreshing lack of cynicism about that film. It's mm. like, dinosaurs are great. Let's smash them against Enjoy each it. other. Nobody's yeah, at exactly. any point. In, one, of, one of 
of my least favorite things is when a film draws attention to its own premise in a kind of wink, wink, nudge, nudge way. You remember in, um, uh, what the fuck? Avengers Age of Ultron. And there's yeah. that scene where, uh, I nearly called him Arrowsmith. Um, what's his fucking <laughs> Hawkeye? Hawkeye, Bowler. No, like, None of this makes sense. He's like, this is ridiculous. Aerosmith. You're like, I. Why are you like? Who is that for? Well, you know all what the I mean. Self-conscious stuff in Ant Man. Yeah, being like, oh, can we can we change the name and yeah, all you're like, that? oh, that's but, ridiculous. Yeah. You're like, why not just give me a film that is just the film? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, where where did that go? And there's absolutely still a place for, like for heart in mm. today's cinema. One of my favorite films of this year is Hunt for the Wilder People. Yeah, oh, just yeah. tripping I, over heart. <laughs> yeah, no cynicism at all. Out of every and that's lovely. Yeah, you know. And but it's it's a, it's a shame. Like Hunt for the Wilder People, did, did that get like a limited release? Was uh, it is the highest grossing Kiwi film of all time. Oh, that's phenomenal. So it's done pretty well for Yeah, itself. champion. Yeah. Well, that's so, yeah, good. I guess that place. shows you're right. People a... still want the heart. But people's... maybe maybe it's like now, because I kind of feel like we might be coming into a time now where people are almost striking back against that cynicism. Like, I actually think there's a real place for, I mean, like, I, I think, you know, in terms of kids' films, like How to Train Your Dragon, which is one of my favorite ever mm. kids' films, is very, very different to something like Shrek. And they both yeah. kind of DreamWorks. Yeah, I true. mean, what else has DreamWorks made? Like, you know, Shark Tale, things like uh, uh, Kung Fu Panda. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. These movies um, that are... Me, I don't know. I don't know what falls into... Robots. <laughs> oh, DreamWorks fuck. made robots. I have... Robots. Oh, oh, yeah. Robots. <laughs> um, I had the video game for robots. I saw robots but, in a regional cinema... On, and it was like it was like a, some guy's projector and we were all on deck chairs. What was that? <laughs> robots? Actually, I don't think Robots was DreamWorks. I think it was um, this Blue Sky who made oh, the Ice yeah, Age you're right. films. It yeah. was, it was yeah, Blue Sky. But, That's right. Yeah, like I just distinctly remember um, I, 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 I rewatched Had Train Dragon quite recently and I think I rewatched the second one quite recently. But there is a total, total lack of self-referential cynicism. Mm. In those films. Yeah, absolutely. Which I, I, I yeah. really like. It's it's so appreciated when it happens, you know, when a film is just, like, just itself. And yeah, it's, absolutely. And it's so rare. And I think that's one of the reasons that, that we like Pixar films so much. Yeah. Because very definitely, rarely definitely. does a Pixar film ever have that kind of, you know, and when it does, we hate it. Like, I feel like Cars. Monsters University and Cars. Those yeah, are, Those yeah, are the definitely. films that had that uh, yeah. going for it. Cars and, too. Cars 1's fine. Cars 2 is, is, Cars 2 is fucking awful. insane. I haven't seen any of the Cars films, actually. The first just, Cars I know them by reputation more okay. than anything else. First Cars is um, right of my brother's favorite film ever. Mm. I know that like film back to back because there was just like a year where he watched it every day. Cars 2, though. what a, what? There's a car pope. Yeah. There's just a car pope I, going around. I, Cars what? got organized religion. It's amazing. Just Made bizarre, up, pisses himself movie. on stage. It's, oh, man, what a fucking film. This weird espionage plot. It doesn't actually, yeah, that happen. back... Like the, the the third dead horse I'm going to beat. Um, good dinosaur. Yeah. So simple. So just simple down the line. It wasn't particularly clever. It mm. wasn't anything other than here is a nice story that is relatively forgettable. Yeah. And has dinosaurs in it. And so, sometimes and, that's all you want. And that was it. And uh, the day I saw it, that was all I wanted. Mm. And I finished that film. It was a stressful day. And I finished that film and I was like, that just, that actually filled exactly the hole that was in my life at this time was watching that film and walking out just being like, Everything's okay. And that's everything is okay. And it was and I was like and then of course I spoke to Zam and Zam was like, oh it was fucking shit. And I'm gonna and I'm like, I, I get it. Yeah, sure, sure. Mm. You're probably right. But like, just let me love again. Yeah, well I I, I remember when we did the Plumbing of the Dust talking loudly over films for Home Alone One. Yeah. And like Dish and Zamet, they're like, oh my god, I'm like, I don't I don't care because it's 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 hitting me right. You exactly. know what I mean? And that's exactly. what it's all about. If it gets you in the heart, 
That's yeah, a, that's all it takes. You can't dispute that. And I think, like, I find the Home Alone films f- funny, but I think I find them funny. It's hard to tell because I was going to say, like, I think I find them funny th- for the wrong reasons, but it's actually hard to tell because I think a lot of the humor in there is not this kind of, like, wink, wink, nudge, nudge uh, humor that you get where it's like, well, this one's clearly for the adults. So it's going to go over the kids' heads. I think it's this kind of weird middle of the sort of line humor that appeals to everyone in a weird way. Yeah, you could watch Home Alone with your grandma. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. And your grandma is going to get a very different experience out of it than, like, for me, Kevin fucking throws bricks at those guys. And that's hilarious in and of itself. But it's not like a joke intended for the adults of the kids. That's for everybody. Yeah, That brick slamming that crook's head, we're all meant to enjoy that. And that's always funny. Listeners, try it at home. It's the best. Throw a brick at a loved one. Exactly. Go for it. And like, oh, there's such chemistry between everybody in it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, definitely. The uh, Harry and Marv, just amazing together. It's oh. just extremely oh. well-crafted, I I really think. I mean, because it was written by, they were both written by John Hughes, weren't mm. they? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I mean, and you, you can see You that. can tell. Like, you can yeah. tell. Like, I, John Hughes, I have like a complicated relationship with him as a, like, fuck so many of his movies, but also so many of them are amazing. Breakfast Club is like, what garbage is that film? I've never actually seen. Oh, Breakfast I Club. hate Breakfast Club. I mean, so I much. didn't hate it. Oh, fuck that movie! That movie is just like, it's just like nothing. It's just like nothing for an hour and a bit. I, what, what am I doing here? I hate it. But then, Sixteen Candles is like one of my favorite films. So uh, that's John Hughes. It's funny that that I'm like, you know, oh, films with heart, films that are earnest, films that aren't trying to be subversive because the. Well, the sequel that I have is kind of like, it's not like cynical. I mean, I guess it is cynical. So, okay. So ignore everything we've said so far. So I, I always had this idea that there was sort of something a bit extra to, to Kevin McAllister, that at the end of Home Alone 2, he's kind of become something more than himself. Because at the end of, okay, so Home Alone 1 happens. Kevin McAllister gets bloody, he's left by his family. He fights off crooks alone, relies on nobody else. It's, it's just him. He gets it done. Then it happens again. And at the end of Home Alone 2, once he's got rid of the crooks and he's sitting there with his family, his family, they're all in the hotel, they're all around a Christmas tree, they're all opening their presents. Kevin just leaves. He doesn't say goodbye. He doesn't say, oh, I'm just going to nip outside. He just leaves the hotel and wanders into Central Park. And to me, that says that Kevin McAllister no longer, like, he he's not a kid anymore. This is a, a person, this is an individual that is just relying on literally nobody else. And... I kind of think that Kevin has become sort of a sentinel of, not of Christmas, but <laughs> okay. like... Because that's exactly where I went first. But but kind of, in a way, like, I think if you're Kevin McAllister, he's, he's, he's something more now. You know what I mean? That doesn't happen twice to a person, and you come out of it fine being like, well, I guess I'm just going like back to my regular life. Yeah. No, that he, he... It's kind of bulletproof. He, yeah, exactly. He's sort of like, not, I don't want to say more than human, but... <laughs> Almost more, more than, than human, sort of psychologically. And so I always had this idea, and it was something that I discussed with Ryder a lot, that I, I, like the, the idea of this film where Kevin goes to all of the other Home Alone kids and he recruits them for some grander purpose. Because all of the Home Alone kids, I think, have like elements of the original Kevin, but none of them quite fit the mold properly. You know, like uh, the third kid, he's kind of doesn't have that sort of mean streak that Kevin McAllister has. Yep. He's sort of a lot nicer and a lot more. Kevin is just sort of like, oh no, the crooks are here. Let's get them. Whereas Alex Pruitt, I think is the name of the other kid, is more sort of along the lines of like, I got to defend my home. I see him as almost more of a Batman. 
Yeah. If you know what I mean, to whatever the fuck Kevin is. And then in the third, the, the fourth film, sorry, uh, that version of Kevin McAllister is like a cunt. Like he's, he's real, like the only reason he wants to get the crooks is because everybody thinks he's the one causing the mayhem. So like in the first film, Kevin McAllister is like, the crooks are attacking my home. I'm going to attack the crooks. In the third film, that kid is like, crooks are attacking my home. I got to protect my home. In the fourth film, that kid's like, everybody thinks I did it. I didn't. Fuck you. And he just goes out of his way to, to ruin their day. And then in the fifth film, the kid's just terrified of the crooks. And I think that's why he fights them. I don't really remember. And because all of these films also, they, all, they always follow a pattern. Every Home Alone film follows the same pattern. Kid gets left alone. Uh, it's not always like his parents have abandoned him. Like in the third one, it's just that he, his mom works and he's sick. The crooks come. There's no like, sometimes it's four, sometimes it's two. Uh, and there's always like this sort of weird, mysterious extra person, you know, like the shovel man from the first one, the pigeon lady from the second one, the nana from the third one, the butler from the fourth one, and the online gamer friend from the fifth one. Fifth one online has this weird like subplot about this kid. He plays online games with like this 40-year-old guy. Oh, good. <sighs> And like the forty-year-old guy, he's just like a just like a dude. Like they're just mates. Like it's still weird, but they're just mates. Is it a sign of the cynicism of the times? Well, that no, it's we just react it's, being like that's well because that's the no, thing. It's good because they're like it's fine. <laughs> no, it's, good. it's good. Kids shouldn't be friends with forty-year-olds. No, but it's it's kind of amazing because like so uh, the crooks come into the house right, and they're there to steal a painting in the fifth one, and the guy the kids left his game on, and the guy's just playing, and he he like over the they've got like a FaceTime deal going. He sees the crooks. So he like calls the cops and he's like, hey, there's kids in the basement. There's kids in the basement. The cops think he's kidnapped the kids, come to his house. But it's kind of like, it's, it's like the opposite of that cynicism because you're expected to be like, oh, here's this creepy man, you know, creeping on the kid. But he's just like this lovely guy who ends up sort of saving the day. It's just, I don't know. It's really sweet. It's really nice yeah, okay. for a film of, that came out in like 2011 to not be like, oh, weird sex jokes in a kid's film. Uh, no, they're just like, hey, look. Yeah, like like, cops, I, like I said, it's fun. It's good. Yeah. All the good. cops reading Chinese good. food with him, watching the crooks on the cameras, all of like the traps go off. It's great. So yeah, I thought yeah, I kind of had this feeling. I'm like, all these, these, these Home Alone films follow the same kind of pattern. Yeah. So I constructed like this Home Alone universe in my head, this, this Home Alone extended universe where they're all taking place in the same world. And then I sat down to write that for, for this episode. And I sort of realized that that's ridiculous. <laughs> I kind of hit that what, point where I was like... What tipped you off? Well, uh, well, I'll tell you what tipped me off. So I'm like, okay. So we start off with Kevin, and he's tracking the third guy. You know, the, the, the Alex Pruitt from Home Alone 3. And I'm like, you know, and he approaches him, and they have that conversation, the fucking Nick Fury and Iron Man conversation, where it's like, hey, guess what? I'm making an Avengers. Come join me. And I'm like, cool, okay. So that scene, four times, sure, whatever. And then I'm like, and then what? What can they do? You know, where, where can you go with that? That yes. isn't just absolutely ridiculous. And you're like, not a film that anybody other than maybe me would enjoy. <laughs> I would, I would enjoy it. Well, yeah. I, I was like, what can they do? Defend the White House? Maybe. That's where I went. But, I, and, and I was like, okay, how can I make it so that it's like, not just, oh, look, some kids are like, you know, in like the Avengers or, or sort of a similar it's like, wow, everybody's got this, these powers, this, you know, we're destined to do this. I was like, what can I use? There's this Native American folk myth, I guess, of something called a dog soldier. You probably know that because Longmire, yep, they yep. talk about it a bunch. And it's like oh, uh, somebody, oh, Longmire, fucking 
I haven't oh, thought shit. about it in months. Thanks, man. Ah, oh, fucking, fucking long mind. But a, a dog soldier is like this Native American warrior who he ties a rope around his foot and he ties a rope to a stake and he plants that stake in the ground and he's like, I will defend this position until I die. I won't leave because the rope is around my foot and I will just fight and I will just fight and I will just fight to defend what is mine. And I was like, that's kind of cool. Like maybe, you know, I could be like, oh, these, these Home Alone kids, they're like the there's no dog soldiers the world's popping out dog soldiers left and right with these home alone kids but then i'm like that's cultural appropriation (laughs) (laughs) fuck can't do that not in 2016 not in 2016 i'm not getting away with it how would you account for the fact that there are two kevin McAllisters? Uh, that's what i want to know well then uh, yeah well that that came up as well and i'm like i could give him a different name i guess yeah. You know, maybe just be like, oh, his name is Kelvin or something, <laughs> yeah. whatever. But I'm like, and they just pronounced it like that for the whole. Do like uh, the uh, Saving Private Ryan things. Yeah. Like he's James or, Francis Ryan from Minnesota. So, the fact that Marv in the fourth film recognized him as exactly. Mm. So I just and was that Marv. Marv. He, was more, he was, I think he was Harry. Yeah, but he, I think he was called Marv. I remember being. Really he was weird called Marv, but he, he looked like Harry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah exactly and he had a girlfriend, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Because Harry had... was still in prison. Yeah, I think. Which yeah, Doug, they did the same crime. <laughs> they should both be out of <laughs> the same. It was French Stewart who. <laughs> Was also in Inspector Gadget too. That's straight true. to DVD. Oh. He was like the replacement. That's, that's rough, man. He's the replacement <laughs> actor for so yeah. many sequels. Like I, I remember liking the first Inspector Gadget, but then Inspector Gadget Two. Inspector oh. Gadget Two had like CGI oh. that just looked like it was out of the like, canon, you know? Game Boy Advance. Yeah, like or, or like MS Paint. Like it was oh, yeah. it was garbage. So in the end, the Home Alone film that I have, the Home Alone, and I've been thinking about it. it like a name for it when it was going to be like oh like a like an avengers type deal i was going to call it home alone legacy because hey yep. how many i know oh, but then i was like i was like i was like can i come up with something we got to like four or five. i couldn't yeah so but so the home alone film that i've ended up with is more of a, like a sad dramedy good All and right. instead of calling it home alone anything i'm calling it home full stop alone full stop <laughs> oh wow okay <laughs> good but okay, before I get into it, I want to talk about a couple of other home, home alone, a little home alone medley of other home alone films that I wanted to pitch. Okay, right. cool. You're cool. not gonna get the, you're not gonna get a full thing of these like you're gonna get for the other one, but these are just what I think would be neat like little home alone sequels. All right. Uh, so one is like um, you you say your, your opening shot is like a like a barren fucking Nevada salt flats wasteland. Sure. And you you you're just staring at like this this highway. And there's like a as a fucking motorbike is like riding down the, you know, down the highway, screaming away. And there's like this fucking radar on it. And they're driving through and they kind of come across this tiny little town and they sort of slowly, they, you know, come to a crawl. And they're like, whether, you know, is there anybody in this town? Can I loot this town? And they're moving through. And it's like just dead silent, completely nothing. You can't hear a thing. Just like maybe like, like core of fucking vultures and the bicycle just roll the bicycle the motorbike just rolls through and then like maybe you get a shot like under the wheel as it like hits this like string just stretched across the road the string snaps and two cars on either side just slam into the (laughs) motorbike and instead of it being like kevin McAllister defends his home from crooks it's like old crazy wasteland kevin McAllister defends a town from raiders like that's large scale because it's not just a Home Alone film. It's the Fallout adaptation we've been waiting for for decades. <laughs> yeah. Oh my just god! Two birds, one stone. Like, I love it, it. it. The only like fucking in terms of story, I'm like ah, there's fucking nothing there. But just seeing all those massive traps would be so good. You remember in like fucking uh, I Am Legend when Will Smith keeps getting like he makes all these traps with cars mm. and stuff. That, but a town and something that I was like oh that's kind of neat is like they're called the Wet Bandits. Yeah. In 
uh, fucking Home Alone 1 and 2. And like bandits, like bandits are such a wasteland thing. Yeah, like imagine a fucking is... huge roving like motorbike gang called the wet bandits on their That's... fucking bat, uh, leather jackets. Oh, fuck. Tell me oh, I wouldn't I'm be so right. Yeah. yeah, no, I would, I would put down all my money for but that film. Again, like in terms of a story, like I... I don't know what this. You, 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 enough. It has you, enough. You, it has you, almost you, you as come much out of it like, ah, sh- fine. Give it some time. You can develop it. Exactly. Exactly. So that's that's one idea. Uh, another idea I had is that you basically tell it from the. So it's like a heist film, right? And it's told from the perspective of these this group of four crooks, right? These four like criminals, and they get in together, and you start off with them, sort of. Um, sitting together planning this heist and they're like look this guy you know he's he's a fucking great mark we're gonna get a lot of money you know it's it's in the middle of nowhere it's this massive house fuck it's easy done they roll up they're like approach the house you know maybe two go around the sides one goes around the back you're seeing it from the perspective of you know the maybe the person who's like running the heist they go up to the front door pull it open and just shotgun to the face and it's basically like you're doing like a like a slasher film but you're seeing, you're basically seeing Home Alone from the perspective of the crooks. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Where okay. with an adult Kevin McAllister who is fucking these traps are no longer just like, oh, you got a pin in your foot. It's like death. It is death or not. You're stepping fucking through the window and you are like f- electrocuted and dead. That that that's another one that I have. But again, that one you're like, uh, I mean, it's fine. But I think everybody is taking that idea like, oh, Kevin McAllister, what if he grew up and you know became? Yeah, well, there was a short film that came out a couple exactly. of years ago, that... which everyone was like, oh, it's amazing. I'm like, ah, it's fine. It, it, it didn't do a ton for me. The best part about that was that the guy who played Harry, I always get him fucking confused. Harry's the tall one, yeah. No, Marv's the tall. Ma- one. Oh, yeah, Marv's the tall one. So. Okay, so the guy who played Marv. He did like his own little like just with a webcam yeah, response to it, yeah. and it's great. He's just like, oh fuck, Harry, the kid's back, the kid's back. I haven't seen yeah. that. It's so it, oh, it's amazing. It like oh, makes man. the first one so much better because yeah. he's like, oh, yeah. fucking kid, I'm so scared. He's terrified. Holy he's, shit, I want to watch this right now. He's a, he posts like little odd videos every now and again. I saw one a few weeks ago of him finding like a massive tarantula in his garage, and he does he recreates the bit where it's crawling <laughs> on his face, and he does fuck the scream. That rule. It's the exact same scream fuck from the film as well. Rule. That's so good. Oh, that's awesome. And for, um, I love that they're still like, you know, um, both of them, both Kevin McAllister and whoever the fuck played uh, Marv, are like just willing to get back into that role and kind of have fun with it. You know, Joe Pesci won't. No, Joe Pesci's Pesci's God. you know, God. if I was like, hey, I'm making a Home Alone sequel, you know, Joe Pesci, love to get you back. He'd be like, fuck off. <laughs> like, you're just not getting Joe Pesci. Yeah, no, back. you're not getting Joe Pesci. That which man is why is they a... had French Stewart for the other show. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Joe That's Pesci looks good. like a fucking round goblin. Oh, he's ugly. He looks so mean now. He looks fucking... He looks like he's made of stone. Yeah, he's scary. Yeah. Um, You know, in Home Alone, just talking about how mean he is, you know when um, in Home Alone 1, he like puts Kevin's finger in his mouth and he's like, I'll bite your finger off? Mm. You know, he actually drew blood. Oh, really? Joe Pesci's fucked. Joe Pesci doesn't Jesus fuck around. He's method, man. He was a raging <laughs> bull. He's not going to go easy just because it's Home Alone. All right. All right, here we go. I'll give you a home alone. Home, sorry, home, full stop, alone. Let me get to I'm it. preparing my heart. So you open with, like, the news fallout of Home Alone 2, right? You've got, like, uh, fucking news reporters being, like, an amazing event happened. You know, a, a child as young as 11 has 
uh, stopped two international, well, they're not international, but two burglars from robbing one of the most successful candy stores in America. You know, you've got like um, flashes of all these news reporters around the world. They're talking about it because this is, it's a big deal. It's 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 a kind of human interest story that everybody was. Yeah, yeah, of course. Here is a like a kid, an actual kid who has managed to stop these crooks. You know, and then you you get like the line in amongst all of the chatter where it's like you know, and amazingly, this wasn't Kevin's first time defending himself against criminals. And then they're kind of starting to talk about you know, it's it's happened before with uh, you know the the first. Time it's very much like a nice sort of medley of newscasts you know regarding this event and you got like a lot of shots of kevin being interviewed you know he's sort of in the public eye and then cut to the title home full stop alone then you've got an older kevin kev kevin McAllister, looking like how macaulay culkin looks now yep so okay. scraggly not fucked well. up not he looks well, man. you're like are you on meth like you say you're not but you look like you're on meth. Yes. And he's sitting on like a, a like a bench on sort of a, a street. It's snowing. There's Christmas lights up. It's uh, clearly, you know, uh, Christmas time. And he's sitting there and he's got just like a can of Coke in his hand and he's sipping it. Behind him is like a, uh, like a grocery store. And it's the door opens and this sort of tall... Uh, he's kind of like in shape, but he's kind of like... He's, he's, he's getting a bit pudgy. Um, man works out. And he's yep. like, oh, you know, I'll see you next... I'll see you tomorrow, Mick, you know, leaves the store. Clearly he works here at this grocery store and he starts to walk down the street. You know, maybe he's got some groceries himself that he's, he's taking home. And we see Kevin McAllister. He sort of gets up and he sort of follows this guy at a distance. And you're not quite sure, like, what his intentions are. You know, I want to make it very clear that to the audience, you're like, I, who is this guy? Am I, am I suspicious of him? I know he's Kevin McAllister. What's his plan? Uh, and he follows this guy, kind of shadows him, kind of tails him. Uh, until eventually the guy arrives at like a nice little house in the middle of the suburbs. He opens the door. You hear him chat to his wife. He's like, oh, hi, honey, I'm home. They kiss. You know, they're clearly very in love. He goes inside. Maybe even hear the sound of kids. And Kevin McAllister, he kind of just nods and he walks away. Then you got cut to this fella that Kevin was following. He's sitting at home. Maybe he's even watch he's watching TV with his family. You know, maybe like. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Fucking Jimmy Kimmel, something like that. He's in an easy chair. His oh, wife's so he's there. an idiot. <laughs> well, he's kind of like not an 
every man, but he seems like he's got a pretty good life. Yeah, you know? yeah. He's uh, sitting there with his, his wife's across from him. Maybe they're on a couch sort of casually snuggling. He's got two kids in front of him uh, watching TV, sitting on the floor, sort of around. Maybe one of them's on their phone. It's a pretty regular sort of just like a like a very typical family. Yep. You know what I mean? But it doesn't seem like there's anything sort of unpleasant happening here. It's just like a lot of love. Uh, and then he's like, oh, you know, maybe looks outside. He's like, I should do the bins. So he kind of steps up, goes to the door, opens it up, walks outside. It's, it's you know, late evening, so it's dark out. Um, he goes to the bins. You know, he's, he's putting the garbage away. Turns around and there's just Kevin standing there, staring him in the face, scraggly, crazy-eyed. And Kevin's like, Alex Pruitt. The guy's like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, uh, in 1997, you single-handedly stopped criminals from gaining access to illegal technology at the age of 10, Yeah. And this guy's terrified, clearly. Like, uh, Kevin McAllister has just leapt out at him like a crazy homeless person. Like um, a crazy Macaulay Culkin. Like a crazy out Macaulay at you Culkin. From the dark. Uh, but sort of after a bit, you know, he kind of like, he calms down. He sees that Kevin's not attacking him and not like trying to stab him or get money. And he's like, what is this about? And you kind of get the idea that, that Alex Pert, this, this, this guy, you know, he's in his like, like I said, he's in his like late 30s. And he seems like, sure. seems like he's tired of it. You know, he's like, oh, yeah, well, 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 what is this? You like? Do you want an interview? Are you a fan? Sort of. He kind of has this uh, like, what's what's the? He's like weary, sort of. He kind of like eventually, Alex Pritz just like, mate, I can't, I don't have this conversation. So he kind of turns around, he starts to head inside, and then Kevin McAllister, as he's sort of turning around, he's like, "You're special. You're special, Alex Pritz. You're special. We're special." Alex Pritz like turns around, he's like. What? And you kind of get this idea. Maybe, maybe there's sort of like uh, before there was fear in his eyes, but the moment he turns around, maybe they're, they're sort of gleaming. Like there's a bit of not, not at, he's not accepting it. He's not happy about it, but he's he's intrigued. He's interested. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. turns around and Kevin McAllister's like, and he goes on to explain what happened to him. He's like, in you know the 1980s, the same thing happened to me. Crooks attacked my house, and and I single handedly defended them. And, and Alex is like, uh, that that's amazing, man. But like, it's not my you know and he's like no 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 we're the same we're the same me and you we're the same look i can explain more just uh meet me tomorrow meet me tomorrow at this location and alex was like he, he kind of says nothing but he, he kind of turns around he walks inside like he's he's not quite prepared to deal with this right now but there's also sort of this that same gleam in his eyes the same sort of intrigue clearly kevin has hooked him just a little bit so alex just kind of walks back inside sits down in the chair, doesn't say anything to his wife. And he just kind of like turns and sort of stares back at the TV. She maybe, you know, if if they're in separate chairs, maybe she reaches out and touches his hand. He kind of touches hers back, just like a nice little affectionate gesture. But clearly his mind is sort of somewhere else. The next day, Alex, we see him in a, like a diner or a cafe with Kevin. You can see Alex, is he, he's done it. He's, he's followed Kevin's instructions and he's sitting there at this cafe having this conversation. Kevin takes out like... He, he's got like a big jacket on. He opens it up, he starts to take out like newspaper clippings. These newspaper clippings are like, Kevin McAllister stops crooks from kidnapping royal family. And he's like, this guy has the same name as me. Look at this. Tell me something's not going on. This guy has the na- same fucking name as me. Same fucking name. The crook had the same name. Marv, tell me that's not something. And again, Alex is like, he's, he's not saying no. You know what I mean? You get the sense yeah. that Alex is sort of, like I don't want to keep saying intrigued, but he's yeah he's intrigued. He's like, well, I suppose, but like he's compelled. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Despite himself, yeah, he's yeah. compelled. He's like, I su- I suppose, but it could just be a coincidence, you know. He's like, I'm sure that sort of happens, you know. How is that 
could just be a coincidence. Then Kevin sort of goes on to sort of explain in full what happened to him. He's like, uh, same thing fucking happened to me that's happened to this kid, you know? I spent, I spent a week alone in New York City. This kid spent, you know, a day alone at his house. You spent a day alone at your house. I spent a day alone in my house. This is, this is something extra. And so there's a bit of back and forth between them. You know, I haven't figured out the dialogue completely, but eventually Kevin sort of convinces Alex that something is going on. And Kevin is never quite clear on what he means by something's going on, but there's sort of this implication that it's, it's almost like a destiny. And you can see that this is an idea that really appeals to Alex. You get the idea that Alex is a, a kind of unfulfilled by his current life. You know, he, he, he gets the sense that maybe this, this is the sense that we all have that maybe they are special in some way, you know, maybe he is something important. And there's no maybe about it, Jack. <laughs> well, I know I'm special. But he's, he's still, you know, he's got problems with it. He's like, look, I, I don't know what you want. And Kevin's like, well, let's go meet this guy. Let's go meet this guy. If, what if there's more like us, you know? We'll, we'll go meet him. We can share our experiences. And Alex is reluctant. He's like, look, I, I, I'll think about it. So he goes home to his wife. You know, it's nighttime. He's cooking dinner with her. And he sort of, he brings it up. He brings it up. He's like, look, uh, I met this guy. You remember back when I was, you know, a kid that that whole you know, I stopped those crooks, you know, it was in the news. I, I met this guy, he's, he's something similar, you know. I don't know, he's, he's met somebody who's in a similar position to me. Maybe maybe we should go. Maybe maybe I, I'm thinking of going. His wife pretty much just sort of parrots every problem that Alex had with Kevin's story. He's like, well, it's a coincidence. Like, it doesn't mean anything. You don't need that. You've got a good life here. You know, what's the point of leaving for, you know, what, what, what are you doing? Um, and Alex sort of, despite himself, starts to defend Kevin. He's like, it was a media circus, you know? And she's like, your, your experience and his are nothing alike. You know, he, he was alone in New York City for fuck's sake. You know, that, that's, not, that's not like an adventure. That's neglect, you know? He was a fucking abused child. And Alex, eventually, she's, he's like, you're right. And sort of reluctantly, he agrees with his wife. And it's not like the kind of thing where they agree up and they're mad. No, they sort of agree up and he's like, yeah, that's my bad, fair. Uh, yep. completely different situations you know my family loved me that he something fucked up was going on there and then he later that night lying in bed staring at the ceiling right his eyes are just wide she's asleep clearly his mind is just running through it again and again and again he is this guy has found people having the same experience and sure that you know kevin's is different but oh it, it, it's fucking there's so much fucking so much that, overlap yeah that yeah. something must so be happening eating away at him so he kind of gets up he kind of creeps down to like a like a den, I guess. Pulls out a VHS and he pushes it in the, in the player, and it cuts to an interview, like a like an interview from 1995, and it's him and the interview host. I always imagined a woman, like a black woman. I don't know why, but hey, she is. There we go. And she kind of like leans into him. He's there with his family, and she's like, "How does it feel to be a hero, Alex?" And he sees the younger him kind of just blush and be like, "I don't know." Then you cut to him packing. He's getting his clothes ready. He goes outside, calls Kevin. Kevin comes and picks him up. They're on the road. Maybe at some point they stop and like uh, maybe while they're getting lunch, somebody comes up to them and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe they go to Kevin like, yeah, yeah, that, uh, that kid that got those two burglars in the 80s. You know, ah, that's crazy. Kind of recognize them. They kind of take some selfies with them and you can see that Kevin is like, oh, yeah, okay, this, like, I thought I was past this. No, but I guess, you know, I've got that sort of minor celebrity status. And same with Alex. He's like, oh, there it is, you know. Eventually, they arrive at, like, a university dorm really late at night. 
Kevin's looking real wiry. Like he's got his fingers gripped around the steering wheel. Like he looks prepared. They get out of the car and they start to approach the dorm room. And you see Alex, like he steps out of the car and maybe, maybe like they've been having some conversations on the road where he's like, you see, he's having second thoughts. You know, he sort of looks around nervously. He's like, oh, what are we about to do? And he's like, why can't we wait till morning? Kevin stops halfway to the dorm and he's like, man, fuck. You know, so one day your parents forget you, yeah? And you got nobody to rely on but yourself. And then on top of that fucking panic, two adult criminals try to break into your house and threaten to bite off your fucking finger. Alex, he like doesn't know where to look. You know when somebody just, yeah, it, they, they, here it is, they're letting it all loose. And you're like, oh, the floodgates have opened. I cannot look you in the eye. And then a year later, the exact same fucking thing happens. And one more time, no one's looking after you. And it's just you against fucking adults. Kevin breathes deeply. And you're telling me you're not going to get a fucking answer because it's dark out? Alex, you know, he's got nothing to say. He kind of just steps back. Kevin raps in the door, loud knocks. Um, and the door opens and there's a, a young fellow, looks about 24. Um, and he, he answers, he's awake. But he's sort of terrified because, again, Kevin's done this thing. Where he just, he's leapt into somebody's life screaming at him. He kind of maybe even reaches for a bat, like something yeah, to, to sure. get Kevin. And Kevin's like, don't be scared, man. We're, we're like you. In 2004, you stopped criminals from destroying your house. And this other Kevin, you know, this this also Kevin, he's, he's flabbergasted. He's still terrorized. Alex steps in. And he's sort of panicking at this point. Like, it's clear that he's realizing this whole trip has been like a delusional mess. Like, you you can see that he's kind of like lost the, the illusion of grandeur of, of like, that this is somehow like a, like, like going to help him as it's yeah, shattered. Yeah. He's like, what are we doing here? You know? I've made a huge mistake. Maybe. Yeah, may, yeah, exactly. Maybe he even ducks out. Like, you know, he's, he's reaching around Kevin into the dorm, but maybe at that moment you just see him be like, fuck. And he just kind of like ducks around and he's standing against the wall, like breathing, hyperventilating almost. He's like, what the fuck are we doing here? Inside the dorm, Kevin has like calmed down the other Kevin. The fear has become, it's, it's kind of gone from fear to not quite hate, but maybe frustration. And this other Kevin's like, I don't even remember it, man. I was so young. Fuck off, okay? I'll, I'll call security. Outside, from Alex's perspective, we see Kevin just leave in a huff. Like he just, he just walks out of there. He doesn't even say goodbye. He just gets in his car. Alex gets in the car with him and they're, they're just kind of sitting there. Kevin turns on the car and they start driving. Alex is like, take me home, Kevin. Kevin's like, there's one other kid. Alex is like, we're not kids, Kevin. Kevin pulls over to service station. He lets Alex out. Alex calls his wife on a payphone. It's a year later. Alex is washing dishes and the phone rings. It's Kevin. I've got him. What? We can make it right. Kevin gives an address and a time. It just hangs up. Alex, he's, he's terrified. Like, wh- who? Who have they got? What, who is he talking about? What, is, what does this mean? But he's got the address and he's got the time. So he's like, I can get there a little bit earlier. So he pulls up in like his family car. Like maybe even we see inside, you know, it's got like this fucking maybe like, you know, like when a little kids just fuck up the back of a car, like it, it's that kind of yeah. mess. And he's at the front of this tiny little house in the suburbs, like a, like a nothing house, you know, he kind of cautiously approaches the door and he gives a little knock and the door opens and we reveal like old Marv, this old Marv who's Aww. like, oh no, what? And Alex is like, I, um, does Kevin McAllister mean anything to you? Marv nods. And he's like, yeah, the, the kid that put me away like 20 years ago. And Alex is like, how long were you away for? And Marv's like, invites him in. He's like, not long. It was burglary. Like I'm, I wasn't away for a terribly long time. 
Mov, you can tell this is a person like he's look, he's had a past, but he's pretty placid now. He's an old yeah, man. Yeah. You know, he he kind of starts brewing tea. He's very amicable. It looks seems almost like he's like, I, I just haven't spoken to anyone in a while. Yeah. You also get the idea that maybe Harry Harry's not there. You're like, maybe yeah. Harry is but he was always older, maybe Harry's past. Yeah. Okay. Alex sort of explains he's like, I I got this call from Kevin. He said he said he was he, you know, he he said He's got them, said he's found them, and, and, and he gave me this address, and I'm, I'm just worried for your safety. And Marv, you can see, like, this panic in his eyes. Clearly, his experience with Kevin when he was younger was not good. You know, Kevin still got him put in jail. Kevin still hurt him, threw bricks at his head, and he kind of turns and he, he grabs Alex. He's like, I, I don't want to get the cops involved. That, that part of my life is done. What can we do? And there's this moment. And Alex is, you know, he's looking at Marv. He's got tea in his hand, this family man. And that kind of gleam comes back in his eyes. And he's like, we prepare. Oh, shit. Yes. Then you got that classic fucking that Home Alone music as. Oh, oh man. Goosebumps. Actual goosebumps. <laughs> he starts. Yeah. Just not because of me. Booby trapping the house. But he's an adult now and he's trying to stop another adult. And he's got the fucking cognizance to know what that involves. So we're talking. Like, Kevin's traps are already fairly intense, but we're talking, like, nails in the carpet. We're talking, like, uh, fucking... It's it's hard to kind of, like, adult up Kevin's fucking traps because yeah, they yeah. were already... Yeah. They're already pretty rough. Fairly fucked up. Yeah, pain is pain. Exactly. But it's kind of like, instead of a, a booby-trapping a house, it's almost like barricading a house. It's almost like Alex is like, I'm going to stop Kevin getting in at all costs. They barricade the house. They've got Marv sitting down, maybe in, like, a comfy armchair. And Alex is sort of waiting and there's like a car pulls up out the front and door opens and out steps Kevin. And you can tell that he's clearly not in a good way. In fact, he might be even like just drunk, like he's drunk off his face and he has a gun and he just starts screaming and it's this kind of screaming, sobbing. He's like, you took my life. You, you took it from me. I was a boy. I was a boy. And he kind of like starts approaching the house and you're like, you, 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 you get in this sense that, you know, he's going to come inside. He's going to, he's going to fucking kill them. But as he approaches, he just kind of falls down to his knees. He's like, you, you took it from me. I was, I was a child. And inside Marv, like, you know, he's looking outside, he's seeing the mess that Kevin became and he's. He's so sad. He's so sad that that fucking hell happened. Jesus Christ, man. And Kevin gets down on his knees. He puts the gun down on the front steps of this tiny suburban house in the middle of nowhere. Alex comes to the door, opens it up, brings him inside. Cut to credit. Oh. oh man! So I wrote that, and then I realized that that was about child actors, and I and that was unintentional. Oh! But that's so about child actors. It's so about child actors, and that's my home. Full stop. <laughs> alone. Yeah. Oh yeah, man! None of I was expecting none of that. Mm-hmm. Neither was I. No, it's not what I intended to write. And he does have, there, there's stuff about it. Obviously, I would want to flesh it out. Oh, yeah. And obviously, that ending, I'm like, ah, I could do some stuff with that. I feel like it's, it, it's, it maybe cuts a little short. 
I yeah, maybe a little bit. Um, yeah. It'd be nice to have Marvin Kevin talk. Yeah, it would. It would be nice to have a, a conversation there between two people that were like, look, at, at either ends of our lives, we we never intended for any of this. You can imagine them sitting sort of in like Marv's shitty sort of uh, lounge room and these old sofas and Marv's on this side, Kevin's on this side and Alex is in the middle sort of mediating mm. between the two. Alex has got no dog in that fight. <laughs> Marv never did anything to him. Maybe no. like you could actually have a scene of they come in there, Marv and Kevin talk. And then maybe you actually just have a sequence of them dismantling the traps together. Mm. Oh, oh, that's oh, See, like, that's bit a, good. Bit of a like we're taking it apart. Saying, you know, we're taking it apart. Look at all, all this heart we've got here. It's all oh, together. So, oh, we're moving on. Chocolas full of heart. Mm, mm, we're Chocos moving on from the the people that hurt us and the things that were the ways we hurt us. each other. Exactly. And the ways that 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 the way that that past has got a hold on us. Mm. And it's time to move. We're, move dis- on with our we're lives. dismantling what we were, and we're now what we. And I like that oh. for all of them, it means that, like, Kevin Kevin has a chance to confront the person who ruined his life. Mm-hmm. Alex has a chance to re- – because Alex, Alex is your protagonist. Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah, Alex absolutely. is – And, and I never his... intended that because I hate the third film. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, like, but it works. Damn it, it really he works. has to be. Yeah. And Alex's arc, to me, is sort of this story about this guy who maybe is a bit uncomfortable in his life and learning to appreciate what he has mm. and learning that those past glories are past. Yeah, they're past and glories. That, you know, they that was amazing. It was this moment in his life where he was a hero, mm. he was the celebrity, everyone loved him, and that went away. But then it's him realising that actually doesn't mean much. Exactly. His, and I love the scene with his wife because the fact that it's not an argument, the fact mm. that it's, you know, we're, we're just adults talking to each other as adults. That's and, what I, uh, I wanted it to be clear that, He's living a fine life. Yeah. This is not... But maybe he's still clinging to the past well, exactly. in a lot of ways. Exactly. Well, I but always thought, like... and it was to appreciate what he has. Yeah, exactly. I always thought, like, um, with these movies from the 80s, I always wondered sort of what happened next. Like, I was thinking about E.T. when I was, when I was like, thinking about Alex. And I was like, in E.T., at the end of that film, Elliot and the alien have, like, they have this psychic connection. Yeah. And then E.T. goes, and it's just Elliot, alone in the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he grows up, and Elliot becomes an adult, and that moment in his life is going to be his peak forever. Yeah, unless he learns really hard to... to top that exactly. But I mean, see, to me, this is really powerful because it ties into that theme that I like. I, I always love stories that are about how people relate with to their past. Mm. I don't know why. It's nah. just it's a theme. So, that it's a good theme. I really like, and it's a theme that I like to write about a lot. And in this case, like, you know, it's, it's almost like tying into, I mean, talk about child actors, but mm. also, you know, it's like the stories about people who peaked in high school. Stories yeah. about people who, like, the present is never as amazing as the past seemed to be. Exactly. And part of the story could be, you know, maybe Alex looks back at it and thinks, oh, there was that time I was a hero. But yeah, over yeah. the course of the story, he's like, no, I was just scared. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was just a boy and I was just scared. But you forget all of that in the adrenaline and the aftermath where everybody loved Everybody loved, loved everybody. you. Yeah. You're, you're, a, you're yeah. a celebrity and for then, a bit. And while Kevin, you know, has obviously never gotten over it, like mm. he's fixated on it in a really bad way. Like Alex could be quite nostalgic towards it. Kevin is quite bitter towards mm. it. And then in the end, all and, and Marv gets a chance to make amends. Yeah. And then when you end with all of them taking the traps apart together, it's all of them saying, okay, Time to grow up. This is it. Yeah. Time to grow up. Exactly. And, time you know, to... It's almost, you know, they, they put away the past. Mm. Like putting away childish things, putting all this behind exactly. us. We have to be adults now. And I think... Yeah, I, I, it's beautiful, Jack. It yeah. is absolutely I'm beautiful. glad. I'm glad you like it. Jesus, Thank man. you. I'm glad that we got this instead of me writing something about, like, defending the White House. No, this is this is so yeah. much better. I mean, this I thought is... when you were telling me the other one, I was like... Oh, Jack, you fucked it. Those two are so good. How could you possibly talk? <laughs> no, this, is, this was the way to go. This, this yeah. felt like I... I feel emotionally satisfied after that. Oh, that's that, like, good. I'm glad it had heart in the drink. end and wasn't oh, yeah. like, because I was worried. I'm like, am I doing that thing where I'm like taking this 
childhood thing that everybody everybody loved and I'm like, oh, I'm perverting it, making it adult. No, no, it you're, no, you're really not because the heart is there. It, yeah. just, it feels like a logical next step. And in, look, in some ways it's a response and in some ways it's a bit subversive. And, you know, I guess it addresses questions that everybody always kind of had about, like, yeah. how traumatized would Kevin be? And why did Kevin McAllister in the fourth one? Yeah, why, why are they not the same I, I, Just like, same, same name. Like, and same it, it addresses name. all of that. That's but life. It, it doesn't it doesn't lose the grittiness and it doesn't lose the heart and the fact that it doesn't end really sadly. I mean, mm. it's, it's sad, but the idea that all these people can together yeah. move forwards is an immensely powerful. I didn't one. want ever like, yeah, I, I wanted like a bittersweet ending. Kevin's well, a sweet ending. Actually. It's yeah. not even bittersweet. I, I actually think it's really sweet. Like I was like, does Kevin kill himself? And I'm like, no, that's, it's, no, you don't, you don't want it's, that. it's, that's, that's ending Kevin's arc prematurely. And nobody wants, nobody wants a suicide ending. So it's no, a no. shit. Um, this, this just, yeah, like I would, I could see this as like, uh, you know, low budget indie film. Yeah. That's what I was imagining it as. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, like very, you know, like the, the silent shots of them in the car Mm. with like the sunset American landscape beyond and, you know, like that little thing kind of music playing and like, and very, but, but I love the fact that it, people would go and see it based purely on the audacity of making this serious indie drama Home Alone sequel. About Home Alone, yeah, yeah. But would actually watch it and and it's almost... You could really trick them with the marketing as well. It's almost quite meta <laughs> because you're right, it is completely about child actors. Mm, and you, yeah. you definitely cast Macaulay Culkin and... Oh, yeah, played. oh, oh my God. It's got to be all the it, same. It, they have to be... And, and I even want, because I think fucking the way the uh, the child actor from the third one, what he looks like now is is perfect from memory. Yeah, yeah. I've, I kind of... Uh, far, far, I thought he'd I'll look at be him. a bit younger. But is he? Well, that was in 1997. So twenty years ago. So twenty years ago. So he'd be like what thirty? So be like early thirties. Yeah, yeah, early thirties. Maybe not early thirties. Yeah, early thirties. Yeah. Early thirties still works. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And like uh, same with the the it was 2002 for uh, Home Alone four. So he's in college, you know. Yep. And I want to I I, I want to get across this idea that like. Kevin is any because I think it's it's also about looking for meaning in your life. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I want to get the, this idea that Kevin, like there, there, there was no meaning for for it was just a terrible thing that happened to him. Yeah, definitely. So he's just struggling. He's got no other answers. So he's like, I've I'm connecting dots that aren't there. And you got the kind of you know same with Alex. Alex is he's not connecting dots, but he's looking for that meaning as well. He's like, why why did that go? You know what I mean? Why, yeah. why did that 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 me as a, a kid? Where did that go? Why am I here? I, I'm gonna die, you know, in like another forty years, and that's it. You could almost have a couple of scenes of Alex like early on, and particularly like maybe you have a couple like before and after he meets Kevin. Maybe you have one where it's him and he's having like a nice family dinner with his wife. Yeah. Maybe his in laws or like the neighbors or something, and it's very boring, and they're all talking about like stocks and shares and business and everything. And Alex is sort of like making a half hearted effort. Yeah. And then maybe you have another dinner after he meets Kevin, and that's kind of the moment where he twigs and he start, he's he's just clearly bored mm. and he's out of it. And then maybe he starts talking about like this experience he had as a kid, yeah, or, yeah. or maybe just I don't know some, something, something to, to kind yeah. of show the shift and show that to him it's like this isn't exciting. This is what is what isn't what I want my life. You know, exactly. I love the fact that he gets swept up in Kevin's orbit. And Claire, Kevin is clearly, to us as the audience, unstable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are aware that get something with, is wrong with Kevin. It speaks to how fixated Alex must be on this event that would have been life-defining. Oh, oh yeah. my God, yeah. You you that don't get away from that. The only other person who understands. And, mm. yeah, like the, the idea of, like, there's this whole theme of human connection there as well where, you know, we – we are connecting with the only other people who understand what we have Our been through. incredibly specific It could like, be a lot of really yeah. nice moments between Kevin, Kevin and, and... Yeah, again, it's like not... Like, that relationship could be 
very yeah, very heartfelt. It's it's not like and it it it's the, and I think that's why it would be so heartbreaking when you get to that end where he's yeah. like he he's tweaking the moment they're breaking into some kid's dorm like because you know he I mean he's only in his early thirties but he's still like this is a child this is a, a young man's house that we're breaking into yeah. what are we doing what is what is going this is ridiculous this is insane and you could even have a scene maybe just after that like after they leave maybe they they're mm. staying in a hotel they mm. go back to a hotel and maybe. Got it. Yeah. They go back to a hotel right after. They, they don't leave straight away. So um, Alex doesn't call his wife straight away. They go mm. back to a hotel. They're staying there. Maybe Kevin's like, you know, losing it. He's angry. He's mm. wide and he's drinking. And Alex's like, just go to bed, Kevin. Go to bed. Yeah. And then the next morning, Alex goes back to the dorm. And he's like to the other Kevin. He's like, hey, I just want to talk. And mm. they just kind of sit down. And Alex is very normal. He's like, let me buy a coffee. I just want to yeah, apologize yeah, for yeah. last night. Look, I don't know what came over me. I was going with him. I didn't realize he'd be like that. I'm sorry. I guess just. And he's just very upfront with yeah, his kid. Yeah, he's just yeah. like, I, I guess I've been grappling with coming to terms with the thing that happened to me and other Kevin's like I just want to forget about it mm, yeah He's yeah like, yeah and he goes I've just and he goes I've just moved on he goes I've cut it off I've forgotten about it and that's it for me because it was this thing that happened when I was a kid but I don't I don't want to be famous I don't yeah, want to be beloved I don't, I don't need want, that I don't want you know? my life to be defined by this thing that the, happens I just yeah, I've, I've moved away to college nobody here knows about that nobody knows yeah, exactly maybe he's even changed his name mm. maybe he's like because maybe he's like oh look more attention got put on me because I had the same name as, as the, the other kid other kid that it happened so he was to. like so I just Got out of it. Mm. But then, and then maybe that's the moment where mm. Alex is like, whoa. He's like, well, if me as a 33 year old man can't get over this, yeah, this 24 yeah. year old kid can, I need to go back to my wife. I've, but uh, yeah. of course, what comes clear is that, like, for different people, the past means different things. And for some people, it's easy to move on. And for other mm. people, it isn't easy to Plus, move on. Plus, it might be a good thing for Alex to point out to Kevin in that motel scene, like, you just tried to break into someone's house, mm. you became a burglar. Yeah, yeah, that's you fucking true. Realize you see what you've turned you yourself see, you've, into. You've, Absolutely, that's perfect. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely, and that could be like the real splitting point. And then it where he's to, like, it, "Oh God, I want to make this." <laughs> Fuck. Who's got the rights to Home Alone? Oh, who knows? Probably uh, whoever's doing the because all of they're all straight to. Not even straight to DVD. They're all TV movies now. Yeah, yeah. Probably Disney, I guess. So, well, maybe Disney movies. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, Would they fund this though? Is <laughs> is the question. Mm. And I want. I also want to like uh, that scene where he's he's having that discussion with his wife. Like that, she's kind of like laying it out for him. You know, in that discussion, she's like, "Your experiences, even though they are similar, they're still nothing." Like Kevin's yeah. was infinitely worse than yours. You know absolutely. what I mean? Absolutely, absolutely. Yours, yours was like a a, a week, roughly, where. Your parents came home every day. Kevin was left in New York City, in New York City in the 80s yeah. for an entire week alone. And you know? it wasn't even the first time it happened. Exactly. It wasn't even the first time it happened to him. You know? Plus, getting attacked by Joe Pesci is way Having more Having Joe Pesci bite your finger off will rack a human That's being. way worse than terrorists. Yeah. Way and worse. you could even do some nice, like, um, with the opening, like, very, very opening shots of, like, the media circus surrounding the finale of Homeland, the end of Homeland 2. And like, you know, the interviews with Kevin McAllister and kind of like the the difference between that that interview and that circus and kind of the one for Alex, because Alex's one was just so much more like lighthearted. It was so much less unpleasant than Alex's yeah, would have been yeah. than Kevin's would have been. Brilliant. Home full stop alone. Alone. Jesus Christ, Jack. Yeah, there you go. Not what I intended to write, but hey. Hey. I'll take it. Who knew? <laughs> I'm just, I'm still digesting, to be honest. I am. I'm still. I know I get what J.K. Rowling means. I'm flabbergasted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there it is. There it is. And yeah, it's. Uh, flab? Been gasted. It's been gasted. Mm. It got got. Um, yeah, and it's, it's, I don't know. It's, it would be, yeah, you, you would definitely, and I, I would hope that 
Kevin McAllister would want to come back. Oh, not Kevin McAllister. Macaulay Culkin would want yeah, to come yeah. back for this because I feel like it would be great to get him because, like, his whole child acting experience was a nightmare. Also, it's a meaty, it's a meaty part. Like, well, it's a good yeah. meaty part. Plus, and hey, what's he been in recently? Yeah, not much. <laughs> and it's also, it's, it's about, like, exactly what you said. It's mm. about child acting, mm. which I think is almost one of the strongest elements. Like... Mm. The fa- recasting those original actors is going to be what makes it so powerful, yeah. I reckon. You wouldn't want Macaulay Culkin to at all change the way he looks now no, because no, he's no, pretty no, much no. perfect for, for that, you know, role right there. Yeah. And I feel like you're not going to probably be able to get like a feature length movie out of this. I don't, I think you, I don't know. For me, I feel like you've got to keep it sort of short ish. Yeah, your film should be as long as it is. Yes, but yeah, fair, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. I, I just feel like. It, it runs the risk of having too much put into it in it a way. Be, it could be one of those, you know, that are slowly becoming not really popular, but slowly existing more. One of those like 40 minute internet movies that you start to see more yeah. and more, ah, like, yeah, like, you know, yeah. your Dr. Horribles and things like that, that aren't, it's not a hugely popular thing, but like, yeah. it's a bit more than like, you know, one of those little short films. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit less than one of those. I mean, it, you know, the right, yeah. little bit of funding. Mm. Um, I'd be really happy if, if that, you know, became a lot more popular. Just having a film that takes 60 minutes. That's mm. fine. That's like what sort of killed the killing joke. Yeah. Adaptation. yeah. Was that, that the was, extended length. Yeah. yeah, that it didn't need it. Mm. That's, it's, it's it was off. worse off for it. Release it online, um, maybe, you know, chucked on YouTube or something. Yeah, exactly. No, this is um, a Vimeo all the way. <laughs> yeah, this, yeah, this is Vimeo quality. Come on. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I feel like... it. it, it you you never want to and and it's always a struggle I think you never want it to become too sort of obvious th- like even having like a scene where he's like sitting at the dinner table and it's kind of like you've got that that before and after I feel like even that maybe is almost giving too much away yeah you know what I mean yeah, like sure. in a way you're you're almost kind of playing your hand a little bit there when you could just kind of keep it. But again, that's, then you're you're at the bloody mercy of your audience, aren't you? Being yeah. like, oh, let's hope that they picked up on it. Hey, how much subtlety should we include in our Home Alone film? <laughs> exactly. It would be a hard sell, but also not a hard sell. I, I mean, you sold so. me pretty fucking It's good. one of those things where word of mouth would be what would make it happen. Oh, yeah, that's like, true. It would be mm. one of those things where it would come out and people would think it was a joke and then people would watch it and then you'd get like your AV clubs and your vultures and stuff like that sort of putting up big posts being like, who saw that crazy Home Alone film that dropped on the weekend? <laughs> And and then, look at the last two years of major cinema releases. Nostalgia is a fucking yeah, that's huge true. point. This something like this released the right way, probably taking advantage of being online, taking advantage of not having a cinema release, so there's no wide stakes for it. Would just, I reckon it would be. I reckon it would like actually become like a bit of a minor phenomenon because I, I reckon you get all the '90s kids watching mm. it and everybody being like, "Oh, what? Whoa!" Because people shit. have this problem yeah. with like you know. And and I, I'm I'm the same. You you and I was talking about it before. You reboot like a a franchise you loved as a kid, and you're rebooting it for the for the audience that didn't love it as a kid. Mm. You know what I mean? And I think instead of that, I think that we you can do that nostalgia like, hey, remember this, right? For yeah. so many different franchises have that capability where you're like, I've grown up, and as I've grown up, I've learned to understand the sort of like intricities inherent in people in yes absolutely in, in absolutely in relationships in connecting and because of that like i mixing that nostalgia you have with like your your adult knowledge you, you could get it's so a many very, very powerful formula oh like, it's for a sure hell of a cocktail yeah <laughs> it'll get you yeah i i just i i i would love if that became a thing for so many films every film you loved as a kid you could do it to oh it'd be great like even what et you could do with small soldiers well you probably wouldn't want to do et because you'd be like where's et 
No, do small soldiers. That's just traumatic. Yeah, yeah, that would fuck you up. Mm. That kid, small soldiers. What's which one? That's the one where Tommy Lee Jones is basically oh, the Tommy Lee Major Jones action Chip figure. Major Chip Hazard. Chip Hazard and uh, Archer. Archer, Archer leader Archer, of the is that is, no Archer, of the leader Gorgonites? of the Gorgonites. Yeah, leader of the Gorgonites. And the commandos. And they have a massive battle. The commando in his elite house. and the Gorgonites, and they're the action figures. The Gorgonite they get the scum. Military chips. Thanks Gorgonites. very much. Yeah, yep. that's right. That's right. And, and they fucking yeah. corker of a film. I, it was one of my favorite. Like, as I remember, um, that I remember was my Home Alone. <laughs> that was my Toy Story. Like, I love Toy Story. <laughs> that's and those the were small soldiers, and I was like, Nah, that's the good one because it's really violent. It's, it's so it's violent, extremely violent. They all out assault the house with like. Actual missile. Yeah. That's great. They it's... shoot his dad with like corn cobs. Or the bit where one of the toys goes in the um in the trash the part of yeah, the that's scene. Right. Like you gets... want to talk about Hart when he crawls out and gets back to his platoon and oh dies and yeah, that's his arms. right. It's so Fuck. good. And then he rips his face off. Yeah. Fuck, Fuck the Gorgonites. Fuck. Gorgonites what a movie. suck. Gorgonites Go- fucking Gorgonites they do go. nothing in that, that movie. Was, oh man, I was obsessed with that film. I remember having the action figures of it and everything. I no, bought the DVD of Gorgonites. There was, there was Archer. The there was. Oh. There was I, a I, little like Rock Man. I had Archer. There was the Frankenstein, the one who yeah. um, Frankenstein they was... fucked up and they put him back together again. Yep. There was the Zippy one. There was the one that had the, the rhino legs and the eyeball. The yep. rhino fella who had like a little fella on his rhino nose. That's right. Yeah, it was like a slingshot. Yeah. 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 Well, you could do the same thing with that film. Like, fuck, those Gorgonites disappear on a boat. At Imagine end, finding yeah. them as an, as an adult. They go, yeah, they go to find uh, Gorgon. Yeah. And Gorgon doesn't exist. Yeah, it's a real That's dark, them. weird end to that movie. Like, what if, like, someone, a bunch of campers stumble on them living in this, like... You could do a sequel, which is an adaptation of Heart of Darkness, and they just keep going <laughs> up the river. <laughs> going up the oh, river. I mean, wow. fuck, fighting a wolf is shitty Gorgons. That's scary. That's a hell of a film. That- oh. <laughs> For sure. Next time for movie maintenance. <laughs> fuck. Small soldiers. Small soldiers. I'm reimagining. Small full stop soldiers. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was wondering if I could bring in, and you could almost for for home alone, bring in um the 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 kid from the fifth one because um, I was wondering what he was doing. Well, if you want to make it feature length, you could. Yeah, but, but and and there would be some fun stuff there because he's still a kid. The, yeah. the, the last that one came out in like 2013. Well, he's not a kid, but he's like a teenager. At okay, least. that's good. Because yeah. I was thinking about Macaulay Culkin's character. like, yeah, let's go grab this kid. Well, unless, oh, this is going real dark. If you want to streamline it, what you could do is get rid of the kid from the fourth one altogether. Oh, yeah. And give that, because I mean, what's that, 2013? That's three years ago now. Yeah, so true, true. What, like, how, how old would that kid have been? Like, probably, he probably would have, the actor would have been older than that he was playing. Yeah, yeah, but so, he's, he's around 12, maybe 10, 11. So, what, he'd be, so he could be a high school senior. Yeah, yeah, you know? true. Um, and then maybe, and that you have exactly the same thing. Like maybe it's even, it's actually even creepier if they turn up at his school, yeah, and true. harass him, and he's just like, dude, like you know, I'm I don't think about that stuff. Like I've I've got a girlfriend, yeah, you know, like, I'm, that's not I'm my life anymore. Yeah, exactly. yeah, I'm being yeah. played by Taylor Kitsch. My name is Riggins. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, but yeah, like then you kind of it's it's like almost a better parallel, you yeah. know, that way. I mean, I, I'm not a fan of sequels ignoring other shitty sequels. Yeah. But I think in this case, considering Home Alone 4 already ignored yeah, yeah. big chunks of 1 and 2, you can kind it of get away with it. gives you more problems than you have to solve. Mm. Two wrongs always make a right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I, yeah, I think you're right. I think, I think if you, if you just, just go, ignore it and go to, then, yeah. Go to the fifth one straight away. Yeah, for sure. And on that note, I've been Jackson. I've been Gabe. I've been Tom. 
Hope you enjoyed Home Full Stop Alone. And if you have any ideas for Home Alone sequels or mm-hmm. anything to add to uh, what I really think should get made, um, <laughs> email us at sanspantsradio at gmail.com mm-hmm. or our individual Twitters, or well, at sanspantsradio on Twitter or our individual Twitters. I'm at Gobergmoser. I'm at All Dogs Are Dead. And I am at Tom Edgoose. See you next time. Bye. If you think this show is worth at least a dollar, why not donate to our Patreon account? Follow the links on our website, sanspantsradio.com. The secret to visibly firmer, summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. This all-natural scent is unforgettable. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu dot com code GLOW.